This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. This is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thank you for joining us. I want you to imagine that your website, your technology for your organization is kind of like a ship, you know, cruising through the ocean. And the captain of that ship is your chief technology officer. Now, what happens as you grow the ship with features is that each new part of the boat that touches the water has the ability to gather what are called barnacles. These are those little things that just sort of attach themselves to the side of the boat. Now, no matter how good your boat is, if you're in the water, you're getting barnacles. Welcome to episode 21, where we are continuing our conversation with Sam Mankiewicz, the CTO and captain of the good ship Kiva.org. And I talk about barnacles because it is a perfect analogy for keeping in mind the true cost of maintaining a legacy platform. Now, each new feature that they add will inevitably need bug fixes, updates, upgrades, even as the platform moves forward. So while we all love creating new features, this is what goes through the mind of the captain when you're brainstorming. We're going to continue our conversation now and hear how Sam approaches these features and how they also measure success of some of their initiatives against their digital goals. prioritize features and I'm you know I know you're on a, a sprint system or agile-ish system mm-hmm. uh, two-week releases I'm curious uh, you have a platform that's been around for a while yeah and you know I think what's on CTO's mind more often than not is like you know the thing that keeps you up on that is like if these things crash if that like database falls out of sync uh, how do you balance then the existing dev work versus the the new shiny shit the team may want yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, if anyone knows the the answer to that one, Open I would love to hear it as well. Uh, I think, let's see. At the end of the day, it comes down to trade offs. You know, where he Kiva's at a sufficiently large size, sufficiently large scale, sufficient level of complexity that there there's never you know there's no free lunch anymore. Um, you know, there's no one change that will just like. Be positive with with no no costs or no negatives, uh, and so it's about trying to uh, look at the places that are are holding you back the most. Uh, look at the things that are the, the biggest problems, and you know seeing what you're willing to 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 uh, trade off against those. Um, let me try to make that a little more concrete. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that we struggle with early on was that in the face of really big um, uh, press attention or other sorts of, of attention that we got, lots of people would come to the site and it would become uh, responsive or slow or just unusable. Um, my, my CEO would always uh, basically would call that a crash. You know, he'd, if, if he couldn't bring up the page you know, in 15 seconds, he'd send me this text saying the site's crashed. You know, what's going on? 
And, and that provokes a certain level of like, oh, we got to keep the site up. We got to keep it available at all times. And a lot of the things that you do in order to increase the availability and the redundancy um, can actually make it harder to change over time. So you put in you know, the kinds of failover, the kinds of redundancy that uh, tends to, to entrench the current way of doing things. And so you know, years later, months later, even you come in and you want to you know, change how that page works or add some new technology to the mix. One of the big costs is you know, making that technology not just work, but have the same level of uptime and the same level of robustness that your you know, more tightly optimized uh, solution based on 2009's you know, technology choices uh, that you're, you're used to having there. And um, so it's a matter of trade-offs and sort of knowing where, uh, where in the, the maturity life cycle, where in the, the life cycle of an organization, of a, a software system, you're standing and uh, what sort of, of uh, you know, risks that you're willing to take. Um, one of the things that we have found, and I'm sure lots of, lots of folks that are used to uh, taking grants or having uh, really large customers that are used to a higher level of service is that there is a difference when someone is you know, uh, paying you five, six, seven figures for, uh, for a website, for a service. There's a different quality level, a different level of, of uh, availability and of time that they're willing to handle than, say, a mass market consumer kind of service. And um, one of the challenges that we face this year is that as we try to uh, bring on board, kind of open up a new uh, uh, program stream with, with uh, customers at that level, we've been calling it managed lending. Uh, folks that are, are want to make a lot of loans, not just uh, $25 at a time, is that they have uh, some of the things that, that uh, consumers who are willing to overlook or look past become kind of big deals for them. And so the same product, same software, just a, a changing customer demographic has, has uh, prompted us to have to do uh, make some changes to our process and have a, a higher level of uh, QA basically before we're able to roll out new features. So to kind of you know, put it back, it, it sort of depends on what your context is. And uh, I, I see the role of the, the CTO to help not just um, everyone understand what the trade-offs are, um, but as best as possible also kind of explain how the decisions and the judgments come you know, and why you're, you're choosing A over B. And it's not because you know, you're ignorant of what the, the consequences might be, but at any given point in time, you know, maybe it, it's, its stability is more important to you than bleeding edge features. But hey, six months later, you know, the, the, um, the, the coefficients in that equation might be totally reversed and you're, you're gonna make some change where it's like, actually we wanna be able to push out bleeding edge stuff more quickly and so we're gonna do something that's more risky. And it's, it's really hard to come up with a one size fits all answer because it's, it's totally dependent on the, the context and, and lots of things uh, beyond just the pure technology. So as a, like a moment in time right now, your uh, existing infrastructure work in a given sprint versus new, new shiny stuff, what, what percentage breakdown do you have? Yeah, I think we're probably around a, maybe a third of the work um, is towards uh, infrastructure or improvements uh, on average. And 
uh, you know, 50% to two-thirds is on uh, uh, trying to work on uh, new shiny stuff, as you say. And, and frankly, at, at RH2, you know, shiny stuff can be new features from whole cloth, or it can be going back to something that uh, we built two, three, four years ago and um, you know, renovating that feature, if you will. I think that's a, a very important thing as well. Over time, um, uh, I forget where this comes from, but the, the barnacle theory. You know, over time, a product develops barnacles, and unless periodically you go back in there and scrape them off, you'll become sort of weighted down by all of this extra crap you have on the site that either sort of works or doesn't quite work, or like you know, a lot of people are using, but there's enough people using that you can't get rid of it because they're going to be vocal and they're, and they're complaining. And... Uh, as much as those barnacles, you know, weigh down the the kind of user experience portion of the site, they can also weigh down the, the technical side of it as well. It's like, oh, we could get rid of that whole thing, except it's still being used by the blah 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 feature. Yeah. So, um, as much as possible, uh, it's nice. It, it's great to be able to go back and, you know, I guess periodically reaffirm that that features or functionality that you built years ago is still doing the thing that, that it's supposed to do. And to not be afraid to, uh, to scrape the barnacles or to kill features that you know, only a few people are using or aren't, aren't really kind of holding their weight. You know, every, everything, uh, just because the software was written once, doesn't mean that there's you know, zero maintenance cost associated with it. And so, um, yeah, it's not it's not free. Yeah, every you feature that around. rolls out the door can collect barnacles, and so you said this mm-hmm. before. You know, as you you know, ideal case scenario, you have this new unicorn feature come out, and ideally, what you can do is use that as an excuse to scrape barnacles on whatever the features mm-hmm. software elements yeah. that it touches. We definitely, you know, part of my job is to help see where it's not like, oh, should we work on something shiny and new, or should we go fix up the old stuff? But to find the the win wins there where we can. Oh, products wants to work on something around here. Well, there's some there's some you know, garbage we could clean up that's in that area too. Let's try to package those those together so that we are at the same time you know, getting rid of the old stuff and rebuild it in a way that you know lays good groundwork for the shiny new extension that we have in mind as well. And I think that's the um, that feels squarely in the CTO's hat because you know a it's a combination of technical and non-technical you're both sort of it, it's that, that communication gap between the the engineers and and speaking code and the non-engineers and speaking you know what what aspects of a, a feature or spec are hard versus easy uh, and then it's also the strategic versus tactical so you want to serve the strategic purpose of helping to uh, you know as productively as possible renew your infrastructure but you also are you know, the, the times that I've done that the best is when I've been a little bit tactical of like, all right, this is the next project that's coming up and helping the, the team, the people involved with it to shape what it is. Hey, let's expand the scope a little bit to include this thing. Let's not take it all away. No, we're not going to rebuild all of that system. We're going to kind of keep it in here as well because, you know, there's something else about the roadmap or something else about coming up with the org's priorities where we can't afford to spend, you know, twice as many months on it. But we can, you know, we, we can negotiate and, 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 uh, and argue for why it should be an extra month in order to do this thing.
I gave you $25 to go make a loan, what kind of project would you look for? Uh, what sort of what sort of person are you interested in helping? Well, that's, yeah, it's for you. This is a question for you. I, and so I would probably uh, turn that back around and try to see where... Now, now we're talking about a product feature that we've been working on. Yeah, where with a, the minimal number of questions and the minimal number of uh, minimal number of questions and the, the, the best uh, kinds of questions, um, can we get you the busy, undecided lender who kind of you know just wants to put their money in and doesn't want to think about it that much? Um, how can we help go from you know the thousands of, of choices that you might see on the Kiva site to a handful of ones, and thus you know you more likely to, to make that choice? Because frankly, the the way in which I can uh, make it more likely that you come back and make another loan or put more money in next month is if I can match the uh, the loan up to your interest as best as possible. Just taking your money today and saying, "Great, I'll put it somewhere useful." isn't going to create that same sort of um, dopamine response, isn't that same sort of connection as you know, giving a little more work to try to zero it in. And so we're, two paths we're going down there is one, uh, seeing how we can, can extract is a harsh word, how we can coax that information out of lenders when they come to the site. Uh, and then two, another angle that we're going down um, is, uh, is community um, and uh, we have a, a feature, a community feature on the site called Lending Teams that are incredibly active. People that, that have self-identified um, uh, in, in affinity groups of various sorts and talk about the loans. And they talk about the ones they like and they talk about the ones they don't like and they share the ones that like, hey, quick, everyone go fund this one for XYZ reason. And so uh, rather than you know, me, Kiva, telling you where to go, maybe we can help connect you with you know, a super active community team that is more than happy to tell you where you should put your money. But we still, you know, from an from a organization perspective, from a platform perspective, we want to make sure there's a diverse uh, array of voices out there talking about what's, what's better than others. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we aspire as an organization to, to bring opportunity and financial inclusion and access to capital to everybody around the world that might need it and that I could benefit from it, not just in a kind of a narrow niche. That's, that's the, you know, Kiva has a, an, an umbrella vision, a kind of a big picture vision. And so while it's great to create a more, you know, on an individual level, zeroing you in on, on one borrower is going to help uh, make that, that more targeted. We don't necessarily want to have the, the platform uh, picking winners and losers. I think that's this, kind of brilliant, this is a though, yeah. This is you know and that's the great thing about the nonprofit space, frankly, or sort of the difference of opinion I, I see is that um, uh, this idea of I'm going to pronounce it wrong, cooperation, mm-hmm. where uh, even with your ostensible competitors, you know you're still looking for ways in which you can collaborate and cooperate, um, and. Uh, rather than than get too nailed down into like all right are we are we focused on this kind of problem or that kind of problem, you know, we see the the technology platform more as being something that could help uh, other services other programs and you know, it's not it's not the be all end all but it's it's a piece of it, um, yeah. 
And so you can kind of deal with the true question of impact, which is a tricky one, by saying we're going to deal, uh, create a marketplace that is unbiased. We're going to rely on the wisdom of crowds here. And you know what? If the overall populace of our lenders, of our lenders, like if it seems like they care about women's education, then mm-hmm. that's where the money is going to begin to go. Yep. Uh, so as we get to like this wrap up, on I'm curious what um what keeps you what keeps you up at night right now, and what's <laughs> in the next six months? Yeah, um, holidays are big for us. They like most charities. Um, December and and Q4 in the end of the year. So there's definitely some of that. I'm making sure that we're ready for the Christmas rush and that all of our the new stuff that we rolled out this year is battle tested and ready for uh, ready for December. Um, and then I think um, what's another piece of this? I the one thing that I struggle with being both uh, uh, the CTO, you know, straddling that that uh, leadership and and technology uh, divide as well as being a longtime member of Kiva. Um, it's making sure that we, we have that mix between maintaining and investing in our core and uh, trying to uh, make sure that the, the platform, the software, continues to serve the needs of users and uh, adding new features, new functionality, you know, keeping up with the changing landscape in consumer products. Uh, and just make sure that we've got that, that investment balance right. Because you know, if you fall behind in one side or the other, it can have really um, bad consequences that will take a while and be expensive to recover from. And it's something where you don't know, and I think this is the kicker for me, you don't know if you've gotten it right until you know, 12 to 24 minutes later when you look back and, and see how your decisions played out. So it, it can be tough as a, as a technology leader in an organization, uh, it can be tough to go to sleep at night knowing that you've made the right call because you're, you're, uh, your decisions aren't going to actually get evaluated until some point in the future. Yeah, I guess that would keep me up at night a little bit. Well, you know, thank you so much for taking the time. How do people find you on the internet? Kiva.org, K-I-V-A dot O-R-G. And um, uh, I think we probably have, uh, I think there's a little more money in the kitter. So if you want to try it out, kiva.org slash free, and you can check out the, uh, the free trial product for yourself. Oh gosh, free money waiting for you at kiva.org slash free. Yeah. And are you on the Twitters? Um, I'm not. Okay. Well, if you want to find him, you just have to go to the site and mm-hmm. figure out how to get in touch and harass Sam. Uh, thanks for talking to us yeah. today, man. Thank you, George. Kiva is such an amazing organization. Uh, the amount of money they're able to, to manage and loans that, to deliver access to capital to people that definitely wouldn't have otherwise had it is incredible. I wasn't sure where the interview was actually going to go. Uh, you know, it's kind of just scribble down questions and thoughts just come to me and I was getting at something with regard to is Kiva a marketplace or is there a subtle sort of nudge factor? Do they have an internal hierarchy of you know what, maybe we should give to this loan instead of this one. So let's prioritize it in the algorithm. These things are really easy to do. I know because I've built systems where we'd nudge people toward the type of activity we knew was higher impact. 
But I truly believe that, that Kiva is creating an open marketplace. It's up to the lender to decide what really matters to them. And you saw how like carefully that, you know, Sam was making sure he's like, you know, we really don't play favorites. And I think that's really interesting uh, as a model uh, to really be unbiased and say, we're going to present what we have to you and let the user decide. I hope you enjoyed uh, today's cast. And as always, we leave resources right where you'd expect to find them, which is at wholewhale.com slash podcast in, in this episode. Thanks, as always, for joining us. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at whole whale. And thanks for joining us. Thank you.